What's going on, everyone? It's your boy Marco Matic. It's episode number two. We're gonna talk about a new game called Earthfall, made by Hollow Spark. We're gonna also talk about is Destiny 2 still worth going back and playing? No matter what console it's on. And then last, where do I think Carmelo Anthony will land this summer? So let's get right to it, guys. Now, Earthfall, E-A-R-T-H-F-A-L-L, for those who don't think I'm saying it right. Earthfall is a sci-fi four-player co-op game. It's, now, it's, it's going to be available on Steam. Well, it's available on Steam right now, but it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One on the 12th of July. This is a game development company in Seattle, Washington. Um, they have made uh, two other games for the PC and Steam. I think it's called uh, Seance, The Unquiet, and The Impossible Travel Agency. If you have Steam, uh, check those games out. Um, I looked them up a little bit. It's a it's a good company. I mean, it's a little interesting small company because you know they're an independent game developer based on the outside of Seattle. Um, it's comprised from developers you know who pretty much contributed to games such as Destiny Two, uh, Shadow of Mordor, uh, No One Lives Forever, uh, Call of Duty Three, Fear, uh, Bioshock Infinite, Dawn of War. Backlight Retribution and many more. So they have some good backgrounds, um, you know, throughout the gaming industry. If you know those, any of those games, then, you know, you know, this, um, th these people um, made some games that you pretty much loved in the past. So why not give them a, a try? You know, saying um, now I have watched uh, a uh, YouTube video of someone doing a review on it on PC um it came out actually a couple days ago um if you follow him on youtube it's acg um he does reviews on games and pc pc games and console games so uh look him up uh you know give him a shout out subscribe to his page and so forth and you know and show him some love too and also show some love on our page awesome um, but getting down to the nitty gritty of this game, like I said, it's a four player co-op experience, uh, with Earthfall. Um, it's kind of interesting because the way it plays on, when I watched the video on YouTube, it kind of reminded me of Left 4 Dead with aliens. Um, you know, the way, um, Left 4 Dead was on the Xbox 360, um, still to this day, one of my favorite co-op games you know i had an excellent co-op experience with left for dead so it kind of reminds me of that but except you're out in the woods and you know you got guns and there's aliens trying to take over the world so you know we're trying to save the world pretty much for the most part but um three things that you know pretty much uh makes this game stand out is the co-op survival experience where you know up to four players you can play co-op you can play as maya roy danny or jonas which i'm looking forward to playing as jonas that looks pretty interesting um then you know they got uh where you can print your weapons so they use advanced 3d printers to print uh more than 20 different weapons to use against these alien enemies so it's kind of interesting to see 
um, you know, what kind of weapons gets developed here and there. So I'm going to definitely check this game out when it launches. Uh, probably will do a live stream. Um, so if you want to watch the live stream, um, you know, follow me up either Thursday or Friday night. I'll let, I'll let you guys know if you follow me on social media, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, uh, when I'm going to do a live broadcast of this game. Um, then last but not least, um, they have where you can build your defenses. Um, you can, you can strategically deploy barricades to block the enemy hordes and install turrets anywhere to create the perfect alien killing zones. So it's kind of interesting. Um, me looking into this, um, far as everything on the media they announced this game i think three months ago i don't know how it slipped by my fingers but it did i'm sorry um hollow spark but you definitely have got my attention now uh for me looking at the concept arts and everything about the game it looks phenomenal i'm glad that it's coming to the consoles it's going to help it sell a lot of money uh, a lot of people are into the co-op experience, you know, for those who play Destiny and play The Division and, and looking forward to Anthem and those type of games. Uh, Four-part co-op experience is, is pretty much the new generation of video games. Like, you look at what Borderlands did, you know, to the whole gaming generation, com you know, combining RPG elements, you know, into looting and shooting. I think it started a trend and I, I believe the co-op experience should be spread out through everyone so i kind of like it i dig it i love co-op games um you know i like where i can play with a friend on the couch or you know i can just hit someone online and be like hey you want to come kill some things with me sure why not you know i do it on ghost recon wildlands and i do it on the division why not call of duty kill some zombies stuff like that i mean it's the kill time you can play with buddies um, you know, without the worry about everything has to be in competition, you know. So if you get a chance, uh the game I believe is gonna be um $29.99 uh, for the regular edition. Then I think they have a deluxe edition that's gonna be ten dollars more. Gives you four uh weapon skins and different uh I mean four outfits and weapon skins um to use for the game. So it's probably up to you. It's not bad for 30 bucks. Uh, give them a try. It's coming out on July the 12th. Now, back to this. Now, to the second subject, uh, we're going to talk about Destiny 2. Of course, this is a big blockbuster title by Bungie. You know, our friends that made the original Halo that I, the Halos that I did love. They are. Um, in a rocky situation, I want to say, uh, Destiny, the original Destiny came out in 2014. Um, the hype was definitely real on that. Uh, I think they spent about $500,000 on advertising and marketing the game, and they made it all back open weekend. So the game is huge, okay? And they said it's going to invest in this game for 10 years. You know, it's what they call a MMO shooter um, you know, worth you know, character persisting gears and collections and stuff like that. So we'll call it MMO shooter. Um, is what you ever whatever you guys want to call it. I call it an MMO shooter, is what I do. Um so you know, three years later, which it came out around I think September of last year, um 
Destiny 2 came out. Was supposed to be a whole new game. You know, the writers, you know, build an explanation for this into the story. Um, you know, enemies destroy the tower at the start of Destiny 2. And the in-game social area where players, you know, stored their stuff was gone. So they end up in a whole new tower at the end of Destiny 2 that is pretty similar to the old one. Except that, you know, all our, all our old collections are gone. But there's a new loot box vendor selling stuff to replace it all for real money. It didn't feel like progression. It felt like a reset that led into a crummier economy. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So if you want your players to stick with a franchise over the long term, I say that you can't periodically take away all their shit for the most part. And I read off an article on Polygon as well. This says, why invest as much in Destiny 2 when you have good reason to believe it's all going to be taken away? And, you know, it reads off of why Destiny 2 was pretty much dead. And mostly it's because of the microtransactions. Uh, like Star Wars Battlefront 2, you know, gaming publishers are trying to push, you know, these microtransactions um, to the next level. Um, you know, Bungie built the sequel around an Eververse, you know, real money economy. And... It adjusted many of the features that shouldn't have been clear improvements over the original game. But Destiny 2 loot boxes were filled with enough, you know, good stuff, you know, because all these loot boxes have pretty cool stuff. You know, it felt kind of crummy to ignore them or to, you know, subsist on the paltry few you can earn for free. But buying enough of them to collect the stuff you want was so expensive that paying for them felt just as bad. Um, then he go off and say, you know, Bungie burned a lot of players good faith um, with bullshit hijinks, like trying to rig the experience system to prevent players from earning too many free loot boxes and running a holiday event that ended up being nothing but more loot boxes to buy. The studio also ruined an idea fans liked and fueled outrage about Eververse by turning shaders into consumable items. So microtransactions, you know, he says they were so pervasive and so, you know, detested by the community that it's easy to just look at the current state of Destiny 2 and conclude that microtransactions killed the game, but there's more going on than that. Then it reads about how there should never been a Destiny 2. Um, so... And then also says that the gear was too flat. Destiny is all about loot. Your character may have, you know, story-based goals to save humanity or stop some evil force. But your, but your objective as a player is to grow more powerful by getting better stuff. You know, in the original game, there was a cap on the power level you could obtain, you know, through the normal play. Um, you know, and... You can reach it by collecting gear from the most challenging activities like hard mode raids and the trials of Osiris, competitive player versus player mode. That meant that players who were successful in those activities get better stuff than players who failed and weren't willing to put in the effort. So the original Destiny did not offer random matchmaking for its hardest activities. But Destiny 2 lets everyone reach the power cap by doing weekly milestones. 
most of which are pretty easy. Higher gear levels are no longer limited to a high-end player. Blase, blase, blase. But, you know, um, with the gear diminished, you know, Bungie hasn't, you know, been giving players a reason to continue playing, uh, which I've seen a lot of Destiny 2 games on the shelf, even at GameStop or Walmart. And I'm like, why are these people trading in Destiny 2? I bought a digital copy when it came out, so I'm stuck with the game. So I'm still going to play it because... It's not like I can uh, get rid of it. Um, I have fun with it from time to time, you know, as a gaming experience. But I never bought into the microtransactions and all the other stuff that they want you to do. So screw it. I'll just play through it. That's how I say. Screw it and play through it. Because, you know, for those who do the player versus player cha challenges, you know, the changes were unpopular to some of the fans on Destiny 2 and the first expansion was very disappointing with the Curse of Osiris. Um, the missions were short, the new patrol area was tiny, and the infinite forest um, was underwhelming. It was just a bunch of hallways randomly stitched together that you could run through on the way to some mission objectives. A lot of people didn't like the expansions and I heard it from a couple of uh, gaming friends of mine. But can Bungie turn this around? Um, Bungie wrote out a masterwork system shortly after Curse of Osiris that allowed players to improve weapons and more recently introduced a masterwork system for armor, uh, for exotics or on the agenda, on the agenda. And raids now provide more masterwork gear than other activities. And Bungie also added special mods as raid rewards that give perks for the raid. In late March of this year, a major game update increased the speed at which Guardians move, made supers recharge faster, and raised the amount of power, ammo, and a crucible. So, who knows? They're they going to keep making improvements to the game because, I mean, they have to. If they want people to go back and play Destiny 2, they're going to have to improve it. What's, I mean, original Destiny, the only problem was that there was lack of content. Then when it came out with more content, people went back and, and played the game. In a way, I kind of get with the with the guy from Polygon, which uh, who wrote the article was Daniel Friedman um, on April the 6th. Um, Destiny is technically half dead, I want to say. Um, if they can stop all the looting and let people do more shooting... I say uh, people will go back and play it. Um, some people said it shouldn't have been a Destiny 2. They should have just, you know, expanded from the original Destiny, which I would have been okay with too. I mean, you can invest in the same same game for 10 years. World of Warcraft did it, and, you know, they just made people buy $30, $40 expansions and just expand the story. Um, you know, I don't see nothing wrong with that. Diablo 3 has been doing it for, oh my gosh, like five or six years or more. So, there's nothing wrong with uh, people getting ex buying expansions for the same game. You don't have to make a sequel to a game. You could just add more content. Look at what Rainbow Six Siege has done. They're like on season three right now. I love the game. I still go back and play it. There is no need for a Rainbow Six Siege 2. I mean, they. I mean, if you're smart enough to know that you should make a sequel, but I think Destiny Two can be fixed. It's just going to take a matter of time, 
if they're willing to put the time in to fix it to you know to gain you know the respect back from the true core fans i think that you know that will help but it's going to take baby steps to get back to what the original destiny did they gotta do something either way and then it's going down to the last story of carmelo anthony which um looking on espn and you know the um the writer adrian warjanowski or con woge said that he, you know carmelo anthony is going to cost the oklahoma oklahoma city thunder pretty much close to over a hundred million dollars in luxury tax so he got to go so um you know they got paul they signed paul george to a four-year deal around 137 mil um but Carmelo Anthony is 34 years old. And he's coming off of one of the worst seasons of his career and that his role in OKC was clearly going to be reduced next season. This is a no-brainer for all involved. So where will Melo land? That remains to be seen. But here are some, you know, a few known favorites. And I'll tell you which one I think he'll go to. The Los Angeles Lakers. There's a banana boat component to almost every potential Anthony landing spot. With the Lakers, you know, being, you know, believed to be on that the top of that list, pretty much. Remember back in summer 2015, when that picture surfaced of LeBron James, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and actress Gabrielle Union Wade riding a yellow floaty while on vacation. Well, Anthony, who was also there, and is the fourth member of the Banana Boat crew, had his best chance yet of pairing with LeBron. So I say that, you know, it will require a major pay cut if he if he was waived and signs a free agent, kind of like what D-Wade did last year, as the Lakers only have $6 million and otherwise have only minimum salary roster spots left. $2.4 million. For a veteran like Anthony, but while Anthony spent most of last season, you know, missing the mark, uh, the Lakers are in need of shooters after adding Rondo, Lance Stevenson, and JaVale McGee. So, I don't know. Lakers might not be a good spot for a money situation. Now, for the Rockets, I would say Houston not only offers, you know, Melo the best chance to contend for a little, you know, among these teams, but... To carve out a significant role in the wake of the Rockets losing veteran small forward Trevor Ariza to the Phoenix Suns in free agency, the Rockets have their 5.3 million mid-level exemption available, but there but are also known to be open to trade options. Chris Paul uh, is a banana boat connection on this front. And Anthony, you know, tried to maneuver his way to Houston last summer. But he wound up uh, approving the move to OKC. There was a time when it seemed, you know, inconceivable that Melo and the Rockets coach Dan Tony would reunite after their failed partnership in New York. But time, it seems, has healed those wounds. And I'm not even going to go into it with the New York Knicks. Um... They never got beyond the conference semifinals during Anthony's time there, and three playoff appearances were the most success they had since the 90s. Bringing Melo back to New York is not 
out of the realm possibility, but I would say he'd be crazy to go back to New York because he's going to be back in the same situation he's already in. Then you have the Miami Heat, which I think would be a good landing spot for Melo. The Heat are interested in him, uh, given the friendship he has with D-Wade. Uh, Melo going to Miami makes sense. You know, it should be noted, however, that D-Wade is a free agent without a contract. Has not yet made it clear whether he'll play next season. So D-Wade could retire. So you never know. I say either um, Houston or Miami, depending on which conference he wants to be in. But that's all I have. I know this um, podcast went over 20 minutes, but, you know, like I told you in the beginning, we have a lot to talk about, and I sorted it all out. So uh, for those who fell asleep during the first 10 minutes, um, Earthfall um, by um, Hollow Spark Games uh, is coming out on the 12th. Four-player co-op, kill some aliens, survive, you know, uh, survive the alien race, save the world. I'm going to check that out. It's going to be live stream on uh, Mixer or Twitch. I don't know for sure yet, but if you follow me on social media, I'll let you know. Uh, you know, secondly, uh, Destiny 2, I say the game will be worth it, you know, down the road. Probably in the fall is when they're going to fix it, but I will still play Destiny 2 because um, I like Destiny for the most part of it. They have failed me with 2, but I believe in second chances. Most people don't. At least until Anthem comes out. That'd be that'd be something I can just jump into and play from time to time. And Melo is going to Houston. That's my pick. Um so Melo would be a rocket. Get doing a mid level exception. Him and Dan Tony will reunite, but this time, you know, on good terms and everything be great. That's it for the show today. Um, hope you like it. Um, feel free to, you know, subscribe to my page and follow me on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. Just follow Marco Matic. I'm all over the social media. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful Sunday. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.